Welcome to the Million Pound Biller Coffee Break Podcast. These are short podcasts for you to listen to at a coffee break. Developed to give you some quick ideas on how to help you build your desk and business. Now, over to Adrian Mansfield, the Million Pound Biller for today's Coffee Break Podcast. Welcome to the Million Pound Biller Podcast. I'm Adrian Mansfield, and in my 20 plus years in recruitment, I've had a number of million pound years. I've worked in most of the major recruitment markets and in all sales roles within a recruitment agency. I've also run my own company and set up companies both in the UK and in several international locations. Recruitment has given me the opportunity to travel the world and see some of the best and worst places on offer, from Australia to Afghanistan and many more in between. The Million Pound Biller podcast offers those at any level in recruitment tips and ideas from me and my contacts, both inside and outside recruitment, but all from the coalface. Information and ideas that can be taken back to your day-to-day careers and put you on the path to a million pound year. The cornerstone of my success over the years has been my willingness to learn and develop my skills, something I still do every day. Now I'm offering you some of my ideas and thoughts that will allow you to squeeze the most out of your recruitment career, no matter what level you're at and where you're aiming for. Every journey, even one to a million pounds, starts with a single step. So let's take that first step together. Welcome to episode nine of the Coffee Break podcast. This week in the UK, we've heard the possible plans of the end of lockdown and hopefully the return to something more like normal lives. The market remains tough for many in recruitment, but from a number of conversations I've had with clients, contracts and others in recruitment, I suspect there's a great deal of pent-up energy in the market. So hopefully the future's starting to look a bit more rosy. As someone reminded me this week, whilst we've had recessions before, there hasn't been one like this in anyone who's working today's lifetime. This has hit so hard and so deep, it will, I am sure, leave some long-term scars. And for those it has affected deeply, it will take a long time to recover. However, there's a concept I try and live by, control the controllable. The last 12 months has tested that to the limit. But now, wherever you're listening to this, is the time to start to work on that concept. And let's focus on controlling what we can and being ready for the recovery that will come. To that end, we'll move on to today's first topic. Business development and how do I do it? I've made a comment in this podcast before that I hate cold calling. It's a part of the recruitment job description, but to me, it always felt like a waste of time and effort. That's not to say I can't do it, but as with many things in life, the fact that you can do something doesn't mean that you should. There are many people I know who've been very, very successful doing nothing but cold calling. You read some very influential business books. There are some business gurus who swear by it. It's certainly an option. It's just not for me. Perhaps I should define what I mean by cold calling. For me, this is taking a list of possible clients and a set of names and calling them to ask if they have any vacancies or some version of that. Others would, I'm sure, say there's far more nuance to it. I would also note that if you're simply calling clients without any idea of what you can offer other than help them with a problem you knew nothing about before the call, your odds of success have to be very, very slim. You need to hit exactly the right person at exactly the right time. And let's be frank, there are tens of thousands of agencies out there and many are doing exactly the same thing. So not only do you have to be lucky, but you have to be lucky at the right time and before everyone else. So how have I built million pound businesses without cold calling, including one in a completely new country? And more to the point, how can you start down the road to a million pound year if you're currently sat without any business or if you're just starting out in recruitment? I have three main processes that I use. For ease, in each case, I'm assuming that you have no reference client, i.e. you're starting with a completely new desk in an agency or on your own. If you're in an agency, then I'm going to assume that you're starting a completely new area, a new desk. And again, there are no referrals. I would note that if 
isn't the case, and if you've got any sort of old contact database, then that would always be my first base. I would go back through each and every client who my agency has ever worked with, but who hasn't been spoken to for, say, six months. And I would call and introduce myself as a new account manager and ask them why they stopped working with us. I basically try and take a view on what I need to get back on that supply chain. This is by far and away one of the best benefits of working for an agency if you're new to recruitment or just starting out at a new desk. But let's assume that you're either starting your own business in a new sector or within strict confines of a non-compete clause, or that you're very new to recruitment. If that's the case, then these are the three processes which will hopefully give you some ideas to work from. Option one, sell a product. This may sound weird, but you have to see candidates as a product. This makes the effort of selling them much, much easier. If you're selling a product, you can start to pitch its benefits to a client. And you have a reason for the call other than a simple case of can I have a vacancy? You can also ask the product about the market and where they would like to be sold, i.e. work. To do this, you need to do your research. I would look to do an overview of the market and sector that I wanted to target. This would allow me to look at potential key skills. This can be skills in high use or high demand. That means in some sectors, there are lots of some skills, but equally, there's a great deal of demand for them, such as HGV drivers. The other option is that the skill is in short supply, but the market needs it, i.e. that the skills are in high demand. These are often more difficult to find. One good starting point, at least in the UK, is the government skill shortage list, which can be found on the UK government pages. This is a list made up by the government that it says are in short supply in the UK. Once you've done that research and found the areas, then comes the hard work. Finding the one or two perfect candidates. These should be candidates that absolutely hit all the key buttons for the market you're going to target. This means going over every source you have to find these candidates, checking their background, speaking to them, and ideally trying to get an exclusive agreement to work with them to find them a new role. Now, the toughest part of this may be that they actually do not want to move, but the key is to work with them as much as you can. When you get to them to agree, work a list of possible ideal companies that they would want to work for. This can be from them or from your target list. Then comes the easy part. If you've done the previous steps well, then the call to the client should become a breeze. You have a candidate that they need, a candidate that is in high demand or short supply, and one that only you have access to. This work brings out one of four responses. Option one, the client just rejects the person despite your work. Option two, they like the idea, but aren't hiring at the moment. I would typically still push these types of response, given that in my experience, most companies will have scope to hire top people, but perhaps for one reason, they just can't hire. If so, no worries, keep them on your list and come back to them in a few months. Option three, they say, great, let's go forward. Bingo, great, you've got an opportunity there. Or option four, actually, we don't need that at the moment, we've just made that hiring, but we do need X, Y, Z. So whilst there is work initially, you're getting a far better response rate, and more importantly, you look like a person who knows the market and you're working to add real value. Even the ones who reject you will be respectful of that. Option two, leverage your connections. The benefit of the market we now live in is that you can access your networks much easier. Systems like LinkedIn offer you the option to search through and or download all of your connections, and then you can search them via Excel. These are people who have already connected to you as they feel that you can either benefit them or in some cases you already have. The goal will be to look at the context and understand whether there are any links to any areas or markets that you are looking to work on. You then reach out to those contacts and explain the benefits you're trying to bring to a specific client, the one that you want to work with, and ask the contact to see if they can recommend you or provide you with any names that you can speak to. 
LinkedIn offers some help with this by showing similar people on the profile pages of your contacts. But often you're going to have to do a lot of legwork yourself to get the links. The process will need to be a quid pro quo, i.e. you will need to be willing to offer something in return to the contact. One thing that is bound to upset people over time is when people simply keep asking for things without offering anything in return. Imagine a friend who keeps asking to borrow 20 quid and never returns the favour. So maybe you want to start with that. Ask them if there's anything you can help with. Can you signpost them to one of your contacts? Are they looking for a reference or are they looking to try and speak to a client themselves? That way you've asked them for something you can do first. And then when you go back to ask them for a favour, they're more likely to support you. This model can be quite tough at times, especially if you're looking at a completely new market. But I have been surprised over the years how often my network has links to new companies that I'm targeting. And that when asked in the right way, most people are very willing to help introduce you or at least provide a link to the person you want to talk to. Then when you do reach out, you can back reference the mutual contact. James suggested that it would be worth me reaching out to you as I've worked with him for a while and he felt that I might be able to offer services that would help you and your business. Option three, warming up leads. This method requires some time for it to be a success, but it's one that allows you to approach targets that are already well aware of you and of what you can offer. This will allow for any introductory call to be much better received and will allow you to have a fulfilling conversation with a potential client, often with specific references to the project or other items in their background. The first stage is to develop a target client list for your sector and area. Then working with sources like LinkedIn, work to find key decision makers in those companies. From there, you would ideally look to connect with them by sending them a polite introductory message on LinkedIn. I found over the years that if you approach this in the right way, many will accept the request. You simply have to show them the benefit. In recruitment, that can be simply, I'm sure you're settled in your role now, but you never know what the future holds and everyone needs a good recruitment consultant on tap. Perhaps you can connect and if you're ever in need of a career change, I promise I will help as much as I can. You can come up with your own note for this, but the key is to put the benefit to them. That being said, they don't need to accept your request for the process to work. You can simply track them on a separate CRM or even an Excel spreadsheet. Indeed, I would suggest you do that anyway. Then every day, I would set aside 30 to 45 minutes to review those people's posts on LinkedIn, things they've commented on or have posted themselves, and also look at posts by the company, both on LinkedIn and elsewhere. Then I'd comment on them or add notes to them as I go forward. This can be done at the start of the day as you take on your first coffee, at lunch or after hours, but the key is to try and do it every day. Sure, some people and companies won't have updates each day, but you want to make sure. Then track that information, start to build a profile of each company, key projects, competitors, and other important information so that you can build a picture of some of their key challenges or their key plans for the future. Then you start to build a solution, a bespoke to their business needs using your experience of them and other clients and or other solutions you've offered before. You can start to see how you think you can add value to their business. Then it's time to make the approach. You would look to work out a script or at least some key points and pick up the phone to speak to the target. At this stage, you're not looking to sell to them, just to show you're not part of the crowd. So my intro would be something like, hey, X, I noticed that X company is working on X project and that you're part of the program team. As I understand it, you have responsibility for X and Y areas. I previously worked with a company, XX, in a similar area, and we were able to help them deliver X, which saved them X, delivered X quicker, or increased profit levels by X level. I'd be very keen to spend 10, 20 minutes speaking to you about what we did and whether it would benefit you now or perhaps in the future. Now, obviously, even such approach won't work every time. But believe me, it makes you look far more professional than an unprepared cold call. And it will work far more often than simply picking up the phone and calling a list of targets. The facts are, you know they have a possible issue and you know you can help 
So if you deliver it right, it will set you up for more returns. The next stage in any business that you do is to land and expand. Once you've done the hard work of bringing in a client via whatever method, the key is to build on that work. Whichever method you choose to open the door, the hardest sale is the first one. The future sales become more and more easier as you build relationships with the client. That will be the subject for a future podcast. But if you want some tips, please hit me up on social media or at my website, adrian-mansfield.com. Topic two this week is personal development. As we start to look at the end of lockdown, I'm starting to look at how I can recover some form of fitness after the months of being sat at home and basically my only exercise being a walk a day and the odd ride here and there. Prior to the last lockdown, I made the call to join a local gym with a view that I'd be able to start to use it. I am, however, reminded of the number of gym memberships that I've had in the past and never really got full use out of. In my youth, I played rugby. And as a result, I had both a goal, being better at rugby, and a plan given to me by my coaches that I could follow and would follow. When I stopped playing, those two pillars of a goal to drive the work and experience support to help me get there were no longer around. And my gym sessions, whenever they happened, began to resemble a much more relaxed version of gym work and certainly didn't have the same results as when I had the support. So when I finally get back to the gym, I'll be looking to get those two pillars back in place very soon. A goal and some experience to get me there. No one will offer that to me. No one is going to drop on my plate the goal and the help it will be to get me there. From my experience, the goal will be relatively easy. There are a number of other sports events or one can look at, such as a marathon or my preference, a triathlon. So I'll just pick one event and have that date in my diary to work to. I'll then start to work on the support pillar. There are many forms of this, from a personal trainer to experienced friends who can help motivate you, to all the way through to videos and articles online. I've no wish to turn this into a fitness podcast, but I suspect I will use some version of all of these to get to my goals. So bringing this back to the goal of this podcast, getting you to a million pound year, how many of you control your own personal development? Over the years, I've had a number of company-provided training courses. Some have been great, and some have either missed my level of experience, either up or down, and others have just been useless. The key part in all of this is that I had no say in whether I was going to get trained, It was provided to me to meet the goals or ideas or plans of the company I was working with. Thus, the training, much like my unsupervised gym work, would add some benefits, but unlikely to really help me hit my personal goals. These training courses also had one other thing in common. They were paid for by the companies, and so they only were really ever delivered when things were going well, and there was spare money in the budgets. I've been involved in many of these spending conversations over the years, and believe me, there are very few companies, and none that I know of, that will make a priority of training spending, especially when times are tough. We'll hopefully come to the end of a horrible period in all of our careers, but I suspect we're a long way off companies feeling able to spend money on training programs. So where does that leave the ambitious recruit consultant, the keen to get to that million pound year? Well, like I said, in regards to my gym work, no one is going to hand the training plan to you. And frankly, no goal handed down to you will resonate in the same way as one you set yourself. So take control of your own training. Set yourself a goal. Look at your current skills and what you'll need to improve or develop to get to that goal. And by taking a look, I mean really taking a look, ideally with some assessments from outside, as you would if you were starting at a gym. Take an outside view on what you do well and what you need to work on. Look at others who are in or at the level you're at now and where you want to be and ask them what you will need to do to be able to get to where you want to be. Then you'll build up a roadmap of skills you'll need to work on. It may include things like business development, client management, or accounting for salespeople, and many, many other areas that will be bespoke to you. Then you look at how to get training on those areas. 
Some areas you'll be able to get from friends or contacts, others from videos or podcasts such as this one. However, I suspect that in some areas, as with my gym goals, you will need to source a personal trainer. This model has grown over the last few years, and now there are a number of highly accomplished trainers in the recruitment space who focus on key skills and deliver to single consultants. So you don't have to rely on your company sorting out a big course. So look into the market or contact me, and I can signpost you some if you want me to, and assess their course of delivery against your needs. Sure, this may end up costing you some money. Though if you're working in an agency, you may be able to negotiate some form of money from them for the course. But I've said before on this podcast, your business, your career. If you have the goals and the plan and these trainers can help you get there quicker or even surpass your goal, won't that be worth the investment? By setting your path and then controlling how you'll get there, you'll find the route becomes a bit easier to follow. Hope these ideas and concepts have resonated with you this week. And as ever, I look forward to discussing with you on social media over the coming week. I'm on Facebook and Instagram as Million Pound Villa. We've also developed our website to go along with the podcast at www.adrian-mansfield.com. We'll start to put up some of the resources there and you can also sign up for our newsletter. I look forward to speaking to you again next week. We also have some exciting interviews lined up and to follow on our series of talking to those in and out of recruitment. In the meantime, if you've enjoyed this podcast, please like and subscribe where you get your podcasts and share with others in or outside recruitment. Until next week, take care and enjoy the journey.